Good morning, Central Family. It is an honor to get to be with you online this Sunday, my first time to get to preach in big church online. So I wanted to wear my Sunday best for you, nothing but the best for my Central Family as we get to jump into God's Word today. I know time is short, so let's jump right into what we're going to do. John chapter 8, verse 12 is where we're going to start today as we continue the series of the I Am Statements of Jesus. John 8, 12, when Jesus spoke to the people again, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, why would he call himself light? Why is that a big deal? Why is that important at all? Um, you can see there's all forms of light around me. Uh, light is vital to our lives. It's important to have. I love Friday night lights every fall. I think that's great as well. But, but what makes it a big deal, honestly, this is not the first time that God spoke about light. It wasn't a new revelation to people. Matter of fact, we go back to Genesis, the very beginning of it. It was the very first thing that God ever spoke into existence. Genesis 1, 3, and 4. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. God created light to dispel darkness. That is its biggest purpose is to dispel darkness. It is why it was created in that way. And and the world was dark. God created light to dispel the darkness. The world had become dark again, this time with sin. He sent Jesus, the light of the world, to dispel darkness. Jesus came. He shook everything up. They put him on a cross. They put him in a tomb and made it dark again. And then last Sunday, what did we celebrate? That he burst forth from the tomb and light came forth again. See, light is undefeated against darkness. Darkness has never won and never will. So what does light do? What, what does it do for us? Why is it important? I think there's three things that we can find by looking at this that tell us why light is so important. And the first one is this, light gives sight. Now, during our Disciple Now, Dr. Laura Miller taught me that you cannot have light without sight. And it's a lesson that we've learned many times in our lives, and we continue to learn it over and over again. And I'll give you some examples of this. You ever walked into a dark room and then, bam, your toe against the couch or a chair? Not a pleasant experience. I don't know if you've had kids, um, if you've ever stepped on a Lego. Uh, the, the lights are out, you walk into the room and mm, sharp pain. We're watching Lego Masters. You can build anything with Legos, but you can make the toughest man cry with just one Lego when he steps on it. These things, they're from the devil. You can have them. So uh, that's where, where those are right there. But how do you avoid that? You simply turn on the light. If you turn on the light, it reveals where those things are. You don't stub your toe. You don't step on the Lego. You don't do that. It brings joy. It it shows us things that we wouldn't normally see. And that's what light does. Now, what about this? When you're a kid, you remember, or maybe some of you kids know, when your parents come into your room and you're dead asleep and they flip on the lights. Now, that brings pain. And usually there's some kind of a yell. There's some kind of covering up your head. It's like roaches when you turn the lights on. Everything scatters and you want to find darkness again in that. It's, it's pretty funny to do that. It brings a lot of pain in that. I don't know if you've ever used a black light. Uh, those are pretty amazing, uh, especially as a kid. You love the black light that's there. Police use the black light all the time to, to solve crimes. I, I don't recommend it when you go to your hotel room. But light reveals things that we don't want others to see. And many times there's things taking place in the darkness that we are aware of. And when the light comes on, it reveals those things. It gives sight to those things that we don't want other people to see. Now, just because something is bright doesn't mean that it's light. 
And, and let me explain what I'm talking about there, because during this time of quarantine, we have different schedules and different routines. And, and our human nature is, is laziness. Uh, our default mechanism is to be lazy and selfish. And here we are in this new situation, these new routines, these new rhythms that we're finding out what's going on. And, and we look for something to grab our attention during that time. We're looking for things to do. I've heard the word I'm bored a million times, um, either at my house or talking with students or, or things. And, and I'm bored. And I, Well, what is going to be the thing that grabs our attention? It's probably going to be screens. And there are all kinds of screens. It's on our phones. It's on our TVs. It's on our iPads. It's on our video games. Like we have these screens and they're bright. But just because it's bright doesn't mean that it's light. We have to be careful what we allow to do that. I, I get a notification each week on my phone that tells me about my screen usage. And last week I got one that said it's up 37% right now. Uh, I'm on my phone more. Um, I would love to say it's because I'm doing all this great work and I'm doing things for the kingdom of God. But I also know that I've advanced 1,000 levels on Wordscapes in the last month. Um, my screen usage is up. I've been drawn to what I thought was light, but it's just something bright. And that's that's got to be careful on that. And the other side of that is just because something doesn't look bright doesn't mean that it's not light. Let me give you an example. Psalm 119.105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. See, this is just a book that sits on a table until you open it up and it brings forth light. That's what it's there to do. It's not table decoration. It's not something you just flip open every once in a while or when you're in trouble. This is the guide to life right here. And, and this is bright. This is light. And, and we need to grab a hold of this and put it on there. So my question, I guess, to you right now is, what is lighting your path? What is it that's lighting your path? In this quarantine, in this, this stay-at-home time, we, we get in isolation mode at times. Uh, everybody goes to their own room. Everybody goes to their own corner and, and figures out their own thing. And that can lead us to some poor choices because we pull out a screen that we think is light just because it's bright and it leads us to darkness. I will tell you this. Pornography is not light. Pornography is not community. The things that are trending on Netflix and Hulu doesn't mean we need to watch those things. What you put in your eyes goes into your heart and it's going to come out in the way you treat other people. We have to be careful that recognizing that bright things don't mean they're light things. And also doesn't mean they're the right things. So we have to be careful in that. And I want you to be careful of what putting in there because the true light will reveal this to you. The true light will reveal what's in your heart. And what's in your heart has come through your eyes and has come through your ears because of things that we've been looking at and listening to. Please be careful in this time. I don't say that to put guilt or shame on you. Uh, I say that because the enemy is trying to do that because we've been put in these isolation moments. We need to turn to the true light and let it light our path and not just a screen because it kills time. So let's be careful on that. So number two is this. Uh, light brings hope. So first we said it brings sight. Now we say it brings hope. You know the phrase, the light at the end of the tunnel. Like we've heard that phrase a million times. What does that phrase mean? It's a phrase of hope. It, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, meaning this isn't going to last forever. There's, there's something ahead I can look forward to. This darkness doesn't have to stay, right? There's a light at the end of the tunnel. And the story right before this passage that we read in John chapter 8 is a story of a woman being brought to Jesus who had been caught in adultery. And the penalty of that was death. She should be stoned to death. 
and they bring her to Jesus and they throw her at his feet and say, she's been caught in adultery. What are we going to do about this? Well, Jesus, as the light of the world, is going to, first he's going to shine. He's going to reveal things. And he didn't even address her. He addressed the other people in the, in the space by riding on the ground. And then he stood up and he said, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. See, light reveals. But then what did it do? It gave hope. It spoke directly to her. Jesus, the light of the world, then turned around to this woman and didn't say you didn't sin. He dealt with her sin, but he gave her hope. He said, then neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. He gave hope to a woman that was hopeless. The, the light at the end of the tunnel had gone out for her as soon as she got caught in adultery. And she got brought to Jesus and she thought, this is it. The light at the end of the tunnel is gone. And what did Jesus do? He restored that hope because he is the light of the world. And, and, and I want you to, to know that, that maybe I stepped on your toes a little bit with that last thing and talking about some of the things we've allowed into our eyes and our ears. Uh, again, it's not about shame. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He restores hope. You are not defined by what you've done. She was not defined by what she did. She found hope in the light of the world, and so can you. And I pray that light is shining bright in your house. Because even the black light won't show the stain of sin once you confess it to Jesus. It's gone. We have hope because of that light. So the light brings sight. The light brings hope. And the third thing it brings is this. It brings life. It brings life. Now, a simple way that that you can see this is through plants. Plants, what does that mean? Plants have to have light in order to live. And plants produce oxygen. We have to have oxygen to live. Therefore, light is life. We have to have it to have light, life on this planet as we live right now. And that's why Jesus said, if we follow him, he gives us the light of life. Not just the light of hope, not just the light of seeing better. He gives us the light of life. And, and he is the light of the world, and that, etern- that life he gives us is eternal life. And so the bigger question we have to ask is, are we following Jesus? Are you a follower of Jesus or just a fan of Jesus? Because everybody's a fan of Jesus because he can do miracles, and he can do great things, and, and Easter time is, is a remembrance of that, and he beat death, and he overcame sin, and did all that. It was a wonderful miracle thing, and I'm a big fan of him doing that. But now am I going to follow him? Now am I going to be a follower of this light or just a fan of the light. Jesus came so that we could all have life. And I'm telling you, if you don't have a personal relationship with this Jesus I'm talking about, with this light of the world, maybe today's the day that you make the great exchange and you give your life to Jesus Christ, that you find life in him and not just life here, but eternal life because of what he's done, because he beat death and he beat darkness for us. And he said, I am the light. If you remember back at the beginning, John 8, 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world, not a light of the world. He's not one of many. He is the light. And if we will choose to follow, then we have eternal life. If we confess that we are sinners and we can't make it on our own, he paid the price for us in that. He took on darkness, took on death to the point of going into a tomb for three days. And he defeated that. And he offers that life to us. And he says, if you follow me, you will never walk in darkness, but you will have the light of life. And that is our only hope. We submit to his leadership in his way. He calls the shots from now on and it's total surrender there. You let the light of the world into all areas of your life. And I recognize that's scary. I recognize there's things you want to keep hidden. 
And I'm not saying you put it on social media for all to say. I'm saying you confess it to your Lord and Savior and understand who Jesus is, what he's done, and that he has the final say. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let's do that now because he is the light and he's showing us the way to do that. And if that's a decision that you want to make or, or that you've made, we would love the chance to talk to you about it. Please contact. I, I, I want to give a shout out. Katie Thornton, praise God, you gave your life to Jesus this week. We celebrate that, that that new beginning that you have now received the light of life. And so, Katie, praise God for you. And I look forward to visiting with you this next week. But here's the twist in this whole thing. Because, yes, light is great and, and light gives us sight and light gives us hope and light gives us life. But there's a little bit of a twist in this, too, because Jesus made seven I am statements. And that's what we're going through during this series, these seven I am statements. The other six are very obvious ways that we desperately need Jesus. We desperately need the bread of life. We desperately need the resurrection of life. We desperately need a shepherd. We desperately need a gate. We desperately need a bond. Like all of the things that he said we need so bad. But this statement, he said, we're equal with him. Now, wait a minute. We can't be equal with Jesus. Check this out. Let me let me read this to you. Matthew 5, 14 through 16, this famous sermon on the mount that Jesus gave. He said, you are the light of the world. This was Jesus speaking. He said, you are the light of the world. A a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And then he said, you are the light of the world. So I'm confused. Which one is it? Is Jesus the light of the world or are we the light of the world? The answer is yes. We're, we're both the light of the world. It, it works like a candle. Let me explain this to you. I have a candle here because light has to start somewhere. And light starts somewhere, and then it's given to something else. And Jesus said, I give you the light of life. This candle could not start on its own. It needed a source to give it light. We are not the original light of the world. We are the light of the world because Jesus has given himself to us. He has placed the Holy Spirit in us if we are followers of him and said, now you are the light of the world. You are the one that's there. You are the one to do this right here. We shine the light that is in us so the world can recognize the true light of the world and find life. He's given light to his followers. We didn't do it on our own, but he's now called us. You are the light of the world. See, our world is in a dark place right now. This, this, this shelter at home and this not knowing what's going to happen and when we're going to get to go back to what we think is normal or whatever. We don't know about this. Everyone is looking for hope. They're looking for life. They're looking for the light of the world. See, here's the thing. They're looking for Jesus, but they're looking at you. They're looking at me. What are we showing them? What is the light that we're going to show? If you believe that what God said is true, that he's the light of the world, and if we follow him, he gives us his light so that we are the light of the world, then what kind of light are we being? What is the light that we're shining out there? The light comes to dispel darkness. It happened on the first day of creation. It happened when God sent Jesus to this world. And it's happening now as he's sending us into our world. We are to be the light of the world. So what is our world? Right now, our world is our house. That's where it's at. We're not supposed to go anywhere else, right? Uh, So let's look at that. In your house, 
What is the light? What is it in your marriage? Husbands and wives are spending a whole lot more time together right now than they used to. Are you showing each other Jesus? Husbands, are you showing Jesus to your wife? Are you loving her as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her? That's being the light. Wives, are you submitting to your husbands in an act of love, not in an act of fear? It's being light. Do your kids see Jesus in your marriage? But kids, let me ask you, do your parents see Jesus in you? In the way that you're obeying? In the way that you're honoring them? In the way that you're working together to have unity in your home and not division in your home? What about in your neighborhood? We're taking walks, man. We're walking all over the place. What do your, what do your neighbors see? Students, let me challenge you on this. What are your fellow classmates seeing on your Zoom calls? What does your face say? What do your coaches and teachers see on those situations where you have those meetings that are there? Are you light? See, because it all comes down to, to, to one of two things. And, and we're going to land the plane right here on this because you're either one or the other of these two things. And I'm going to challenge your hearts pretty hard on this right now. So I want you to listen because I believe that every single one of us are one of two things right now. And it's your call. One, you're in his will. You are shining the light as you follow Jesus. Or two, you're in his way. And if you get in his way, then you're covering the light and you're casting shadows. See, if you try to get ahead of Jesus, the light doesn't go past and you block that light from the world to see it. So the question becomes, are you in his will or are you in his way? Because you're one of the two. Where are you and where do you want to be? That's the question you have to answer. It's time to receive the light. It's time to be the light because Jesus is the light of the world. And Jesus came to dispel darkness and he puts his light in us so we can dispel darkness and we can give hope in our neighborhoods, hope in our homes and hope for the future that's there. We're going to get back to what we used to do, but I pray we don't get back doing it the way we used to do it. I pray we do it brighter. I pray we do it with the light of the world shining bright in us because of this time. God is using this time to prepare us and to teach us for something bigger than ourselves. And Jesus makes the darkness tremble every time. And I want you to consider that as we go into worship right now, that that what is the light shining in your life? What is it revealing? What do you need to do? Let's worship together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word that speaks to our hearts. Thank you that the light is undefeated against darkness and it makes the darkness tremble. And right now we want to believe that with everything in us in Jesus name. Amen.